Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. Spring is right around the corner, so this week we're releasing our inner earth mother again (laughs) (laughs) by practicing spring equinox rituals. So we did this for autumn and we're doing it again for spring. We'll also be discussing ways to re-energize and refresh oneself for the new season. But before that, it's Cozy in the News. Jillian, what's cozy in the news for you? Well, I have just a quick few news items. So I was thinking, you know, with cozy in the news, it'd be also great to direct people to articles that I found personally cozy. Sometimes there isn't a cozy event in the news. Mm -hmm. And also searching for cozy news is kind of weird um, because the word cozy is used for very non-cozy situations like especially in celebrity news, you know, so-and-so celebrities caught cozying up with so-and-so. And so then I type in cozy and all these are like, yeah, it was a cozy evening at this club for so-and-so. It shouldn't be at clubs right now, obviously. But you, you know, <laughs> yeah, you, get, you get the picture. So I'll be like, I'll searching for comforting. I'll be searching for warm. And sometimes I hit gold. I strike gold. Other times things just come across my quote unquote desk. You're absolutely right. The, other thing that always comes up is lists of like sweaters and stuff yeah. to buy. There's a lot of just like lists of the coziest mittens you need to have this winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, people throw on the term cozy loose and fast and sometimes it doesn't always apply. So when things do pop up organically, that is nice. And so that was the case for this article from Grub Street. It's called Pasta for the Pandemic, the Unstoppable Appeal of Lasagna. And it made me chuckle because <laughs> it's just quite the the headline. And we've talked about lasagna on here before as a, a cozy food. And what was particularly interesting about this article, was they were saying how lasagna is finally getting its due among high-end restaurants in New York City. So New York City chefs who turned up their nose at lasagna in the past are realizing that people really want it during these tough times and are perfecting their lasagna recipes. And the images are great in this article i don't know matt if you have it open but yeah i just spent two minutes loading the most high def and gigantic (laughs) picture like side cut cut away of lasagna i've ever seen in my life it's incredible yeah one lasagna it's the uh isodes i'm pronouncing that right on christopher street in new york city lasagna bianca and it has 21 layers which is just I can't even imagine that. There's one lasagna that's rolled up like a cinnamon roll, which is a ne- I've never seen a lasagna like that before. So, if you're into lasagna, I think it's really cozy. And, you know, you want to know how the sauce is made, pun intended, uh, because a lot of chefs give their tips for how they perfect their lasagna, which is this cozy reading. And so the the other little news item that came across me as also food related is a uh, professional chefs they share their favorite comforting soup recipes. And this was from Forbes. It was recently published. And, you know, I shared it because I'm a soup influencer now. So I felt like this was, <laughs> this is relevant. You a lot of people want to try that soup. <laughs> everyone's making your broccoli cheddar recipe. It's incredible. 
Yeah. You know, like I said in that comment, I was joking um, in, a, in a post in our All Things Cozy Facebook group. House was like, yeah, I can't wait to try this. And I joked that, you know, Journey J Kitchen, their traffic must be <laughs> spiking <laughs> inexplicably. So this is really cute. They give all the ingredients to the soups. And for all you soup aficionados out there, this would be cozy reading. I have to admit that soup that I made for that episode is the first soup I think I've ever made in my life. <laughs> So maybe I'll get more into soups. I don't know. We'll find out if it's beginner's luck or you really have the the soup magic in you. <laughs> and before Matt pulls the cane, or what do they do on the stage where they pull the person off? <laughs> What's that thing where they... T- <laughs> I would never. <laughs> okay, but yeah, before you do that, I have one last thing. And also, by the way, I'll, I'll share these in the cozy Facebook or all things cozy Facebook group. I'll share these articles. So there's some cozy food reading. Wait, what were some of the what were some of the soups that the chefs recommended? Oh, okay, yeah, we'll get into it. So there's a tomato bisque, and so these are like the the chefs also their special tips and recipes. They're not that complicated, it looks like though for the ingredients, but they're just you know, chef recommended and they're geared to be as comforting and cozy as possible. So that's one carrot ginger soup, tamales bay clam chowder. I don't think clam chowder is very cozy, but there's also lots of things that I, I can't think it pronounce. Is. <laughs> really? I, I do. I, don't I, know. I love clam chowder. Yeah. I know. I think it's generally overall cozy, but you have to be in the, the mood, I think. You know, you will well, not be eating it on a hot in the mood summer for day. Clam chowder. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't feel like, it, it just like creeps me out thinking, not uh, creeps me out, it's a weird word, but like on, you know, on a hot summer day, like, oh, give me some clam chowder, you know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, okay, you know what? You're a, a diehard fan and I respect that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think well, I apparently have a huge soup fan base. I didn't know that I was preaching to the choir and I was talking about my soups because yeah. people were this, all this about the soup. This tomato bisque looks really good. Yeah, I said it was, you know, comforting soups. I'm like, that's great from favorite chefs. Okay, cool. Like, that's a great cozy read. Yeah, definitely. So that was one thing I came across my little desk. And then the <laughs> last thing, we've mentioned the musician Sharon Vadeden on the show before. I think one of our cozy song picks. And she announced today, March 4th, that she is releasing a 10-year anniversary album for her album Epic. So she's having all of her friends her famous friends cover her songs from the from that album and it's i wish it were a, her not famous friends it's like <laughs> this is julia she <laughs> lives yeah, next door exactly. she's gonna be doing that song <laughs> that'd be interesting there's you know examples fiona apple courtney barnett listen to williams like all these oh and also some people from the national so i'm really looking forward to that and if you also find her music cozy because i know that content's not always cozy but there's something about your favorite musician paying homage to their, you know, their previous work. That's, that's cozy. That's always exciting when someone that you really like is making new stuff and that's just a cozy feeling. So if you're into her and want to check that out, keep your, keep your eyes peeled. She's also doing a live stream concert. Live stream concerts are super cozy. It's going to take place in April. So something to keep your eye on. Yeah. Sharon Van is great. I'll definitely check that out. Well, that's it from me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even need to go. I, you you covered all the cozy news, I think. I do have one item, which begins with the discovery that these sea shanties sung by the Bristol mm. Man Chorus was helping this uh, man. His name is Richard Kane. 
and he has a five-year-old daughter who is having difficulty falling asleep because of nightmares. And so he would play these sea shanties again, (laughs) and they did the trick. And he contacted the UK singing group to show his appreciation. But what he did not expect was a song back. So they responded. The Bristol Man Chorus responded, which that is what it's called. I am not like, it's not called the Bristol Men's Chorus. No. It's the Bristol Man (laughs) Chorus. Okay. (laughs) Deal with it. Um, They wrote and recorded um, via Zoom Rosalind's Lullaby, which is the name of the, of the, the kid, and also included her younger sister, Evelyn. Let's listen to a clip of the lullaby that they wrote Rosalind to help her fall asleep. the bandana around his neck yeah the cutest thing about it for me are all the teddy bears on the zoom call so honestly that clip made me tear up not only were the performers so adorable and sweet but it's just such a beautiful song like i genuinely felt tears coming in my eye and everything makes me cry these days so (laughs) that's part of it but i think it's really sweet and cozy how they took the time out of their i assume busy days to you know, make this beautiful lullaby. I, I, I also think I could use this lullaby and fall asleep too. I don't know about you, but it made me kind of tired as well. <laughs> so we're going to end the episode here. We can take a nap. Yeah. No, it is very cute and sweet that they took the time to do this. And as for Rosalind herself, she gave the lullaby two thumbs up and has been caught humming the tune while playing with her toys. All right. So now that we are all caught up on the news, let's spring into... Spring rituals and self-care. I referenced earlier that we had done a topic on the autumn equinox and ways to celebrate that and kind of refresh for the fall. It really fit our theme because our show came back in the fall and we were refreshing ourselves. And so we thought, you know what? Spring is here. The equinox for spring is, is the first day of spring. Why not look into traditions around the vernal equinox or the spring equinox, at least as we know it in the northern hemisphere, that we can use to refocus ourselves as we go into a new and warmer season? What is the spring equinox? It marks the first day of spring as the sun crosses the equator line heading north in the sky. So with the sun more tilted um, in the northern hemisphere's direction, we get more daylight and warmer temperatures which thaws out the ice and coaxes flowers into bloom. But what is the significance of the spring equinox and why is it cozy? Warmer temperatures and rebounding plant life bring forth a whole host of cozy activities and traditions unavailable to us in the winter that we'll be celebrating today. So Jillian, let's hear from you first. So each of us kind of looked into different spring traditions that we thought would be cozy. What did you try out? Well, I'm back on my altar BS. I made an <laughs> altar for autumn if you guys tuned in back then. And it was a really fun experience. I got to collect some apples and leaves and I got twinkle lights and these uh, golden candles. And it really turned out so beautifully and it was very cozy. And personally, I did find the spring equinox altar a little bit more challenging. I found my end product to kind of 
look like a Gucci perfume commercial ripoff. That's amazing. <laughs> but I try. I tried my best. So uh, the website Learn Religions has a very helpful guide for creating a spring altar, focusing on four themes: new beginnings, color, balance, and new life. So when you're contrasting that with the fall altar, the fall altar is more about planting seeds and preparing for rest and hibernation. And so this is really cultivating those hopes and intentions that you set back then. And this, the altar is supposed to really represent that new life. So for the new beginnings section, I chose a bouquet of very colorful flowers that was really great timing. So my mom sent me to celebrate a promotion I got. So they, Congratulations, Jillian. Thank you. And so the flowers came unexpectedly. I'm like, okay, great. I have to get flowers. This works out really well. And they're very bright. Not the pastel colors of spring that I normally think about, but it gets, well, it goes, bleeds right into my other um, section, which is the color. So although the website suggests choosing soft pastels, it's really up to you what colors represent spring in, in your life. And so for me, spring is just anything that's bright. So the flowers that I got were really bright purples and hot pinks and some greens. And so I, that worked out really well. And then to add some more pops of color, I chose strawberries, blackberries, and blueberries. Cause you have to give your offerings, you know, <laughs> for the autumn equinox, I chose apple. All the berries. Yeah. And even though these aren't spring fruits, which I'll get into spring produce and fruits. Cause I learned a lot about that. <laughs> so that's another whole other talk topic. But I, I chose that, that and added some different layering. And then the next section would be balance because spring equinox is about balancing the light and the dark. Because right before we get to summer, which is fall on light, all the sun you could ever want. So the blackberries I chose did the trick for that contrast that I was looking for, that balance for those other bright colors. And then the new life section, whether it's eggs, seeds, flowers, or whatever symbol of new life speaks to you, that pulls the whole altar together. So I went to a grocery store and I found, it just so serendipitous, these egg-shaped candles right in time for spring. And they're very colorful egg-shaped candles. So a bright yellow, a bright green, and this fuchsia color. So I was like, hey, great. Got all my little altar candles and my little eggs in Those a basket. Great. Yeah, yeah, it worked out really well. And so I put that all together and then got all influencery and <laughs> took, all, <laughs> took all the photos. And it felt really nice. But... If I had to compare, you know, there's nothing like creating a witchy autumn equinox altar. It's not the same, but it was fun really thinking about, okay, what represents new life? How can I make this colorful as possible? Throw some eggs in there. So that's my long yarn about creating a spring (laughs) equinox altar. I cannot wait to see your altar. It sounds incredible. It sounds to me like this actually is a strong contender for best altar from <laughs> the fall one. And you're quickly becoming an altar maven. I, I don't know if there's like an altar community out there. I like I think I think you're on the precipice of becoming an altar influencer. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like. You're going to start altars. like going into churches and being like, no, 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 no. This yeah. is not how it's done. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty relaxing <laughs> assembling all the different stuff. So. <laughs> Your partner walks in. Are you are you making another altar in there? <laughs> well, we there's definitely some little sparring because I said because I tried to get also some different angles. Okay, Jay, you stand out the frame. You hold the 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 flower up in the air. It's like my arms hurting. I'm like, 
<laughs> it was this whole thing. You gotta do it for the altar pick. What's the point of having an altar if you can't photograph it? And honestly, that's yeah, question of the hour. Speaking of altars or a form of um places that we go to to remember and to reflect, one of the cozy things I would recommend doing in spring is to clean a grave. And I know that sounds a little dark. I guess I'll provide a little context here. So when I was growing up, my mom annually would take us to the cemetery where my grandparents were buried and we would we would go with the gardening shears and we'd have flowers yeah. and we'd go and clean up their gravestones and put flowers by them. And that was the thing we always did in the spring. Uh, it, was, it just felt great. It felt like, like, you know, just visiting and remembering those people. And it felt like kind of just giving them a little care, you know, like in their memory, a little bit of a refresh and making sure that that was well kept. And I guess so that the all the other cemetery stones knew that their family cared about them still <laughs> and was taking care of the, the stones. Anyway, so that's actually also a tradition in Japan for Ohigan, which is vernal equinox day, which they celebrate in spring and autumn. So on both of those equal, like, you know, light and dark days. And it, it's practiced by Buddhists and it's rooted in Shintoism, which holds the belief that every natural object is possessed with a spiritual force. Consequently, if you believe that right in spring, these natural elements thrive. So it's a very spiritually strong day. Today, the, the holiday is pretty secular, but it remains a day that people will visit shrines um, and family graves and take care of them and freshen them up for the new year. You know, it. You know, we all have different circumstances in, in terms of if, you know, some of our family may not be interred in a cemetery. I understand everyone's circumstances is different, but if you do happen to live near somebody, and I kind of wish I did. I, I live in California, but all my family is buried in Illinois. But I, I really would like to go visit more often and, and kind of take care of those graves. It's a very, I find it to be at least a very meditative and reflective process mm. and just kind of a quiet moment. That's very nice. So I don't know, just kind of shine that out as I, I love the tradition as a spring tradition, as a way to kind of just connect and slow down. I think that's absolutely wonderful. To be honest, I didn't know that that was, I would say a holiday, but um, a spring tradition. And I, I believe that's, you know, a really healthy way to honor and, I don't say celebrate death, but just pay pay respects because a lot of the times people just go to grave sites to mourn. And I think this is like a very quiet, sweet way to celebrate their their life in in a way. Because you're still like you said, you're still showing that that care. Because in my experience, the only times I visited graves when it was a funeral or we, you know, we'd go on a really cold day in New York, you know, on an anniversary of someone's death and everyone would be crying. And it just it puts in that like that you know obviously fear of death but just you always associate death with sadness and that's not always the the case and so i think that's really beautiful man i really i really think that's lovely i agree if i was closer i think i would do something similar and especially how your mom brought all the the gardening tools and all that stuff Mm -hmm. it's really special i honestly enjoy cleaning graves so much that I considered going to Hollywood Forever Cemetery, which is nearby, and just like cleaning some random person's grave. Well, then you'd be in some ghost story or something like that. And then suddenly know, the grave right? was <laughs> like, Can you come back, please? But I, I honestly, the cemeteries in LA are very well taken care of on their own. Like they don't need my help at all. And I actually do notice because I walk through that cemetery quite a bit, there are often families just hanging out by 
by their family members' graves and not mourning per se, but just sort of gathering and having an afternoon, mm-hmm. like, you know, picnicking basically, um, which I, I always find to be very sweet. So anyway, that, I just thought that was like a, a, a different, a little, maybe a little different thing that we normally cover, but uh, to me, cozy all the same. Yeah. And it also speaks to that element of balance in the spring equinox. You know, the outside it's spring, everything's rebirth, but you're visiting a grave. That's quite the, the contrast that I think speaks to the event itself. Absolutely. What else did you try out, Jillian? Well, I tried out, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'll have to admit the rituals for spring are a lot more active and intensive. Hence, you know, spring, spring forward. I also, I have to say before I move on, I really, <laughs> the image of you going around the country cleaning graves really gave me quite the tr- chuckle. <laughs> Maybe that could, I could say it turning into some like great nonfiction essay book <laughs> about cleaning that. Well, there you go. Who knows? Don't anyone steal that idea. So, <laughs> <The> grave scrubber. <laughs> so sun salutations. So that's what I tried practicing. I used to do it a lot when I was consistently doing yoga, but now that coronavirus yoga studio shut down, who knows if we'll ever recover. We don't know, <laughs> but I, can't really do it at home because I I just for some reason doing yoga at home I always get distracted. But with sun salutations, if you're not familiar, it's a flow of sequences. There's twelve poses in the flow, and you're supposed to do it repeatedly. And a sun salutation, for lack of a better phrase, is a prayer to the sun. And since you're doing the flow of yoga poses, your body starts to feel you know warm, almost like you're the, you're the sun itself. And Doing things repeatedly puts you into a meditative state. And I think I chose this because not it's not necessarily something that people associate with the spring equinox ritual. It's not very witchy. But you're really honoring the the springtime coming back, the sun, the warmth. And what better way to honor that with a sun salutation, which is literally your body warming up again. And you're supposed to do it facing the sun. And I live in a little box and my door has a, what would you say my mat, my door is like a, a cage. <laughs> what, is, what would you just say? <laughs> it's like one of those doors that has two doors. It's a like a cage it's door. It's a screen door. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a screen door, but not really because you can't, a screen. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah it is that like second door. Yeah. It's like an iron door. Yeah. Like an iron iron, rod, yeah. Rod iron door. So it's hard for the sunlight to pour in, but when it does, it's nice. So put your little yoga mat out there, wherever your sun comes in. There's three sun salutations, A, B, and C. The poses are extremely simple, but, you know, doing them repeatedly for at least a couple of minutes and just going through that flow of poses and take that time to just really clear out your mind and start fresh for the day. It's it's a nice, it's, it is a ritual, you know, because you're doing things in a repeated sense and it's honoring the sun. So something to think about. Yeah, I've heard about sun salutations. They they sound very, I don't know, they sound very meditative. I, I get mm-hmm. why people do them. For whatever reason, I, I have a, a strange aversion to them. I don't, I don't know why that like, that exists, but I, I think I should get over that and try it. On a similar note, in terms of spring rituals, so one thing we learned in our research that some people like to do is to write intentions on an egg and bury them. And I thought that was a cute concept. However, I cannot waste an egg. It just, I cannot do it. Like the idea of wasting an egg to the ground and I not eating an egg. I, I, 
I eggs are one of my favorite foods. I just could not um, stomach I, the I respect thought of, that. of wasting an egg. So I decided instead to um, spin off that tradition into simple, you know, intention setting via mantra writing. Not being an expert on mantra writing, I went to Oprah, of course, for help. <laughs> and in, in O Magazine, um, they have a recipe mm. for mantras. Are you, are you ready to hear this? I'm ready. Here's how to create a mantra. First, spend half an hour alone journaling about what you want. And in terms of this first step, I will pause here and say, I did this. Really? Because I was going to say, that's a lot of wants. I didn't want to pop it. It's a lot of wants. (laughs) But you know what? It's kind of that thing where like you keep going Mm. and you finally really start to think about more, like if you really start with the surface level stuff at first, right? Just to get stuff on the page. A lot of it's just kind of like, it reminds me a lot of like of different writing exercises that just have you start writing nonsense essentially just to get into the flow. And then you really start to, as you push yourself to keep writing your wants, you get deeper and deeper into things you don't necessarily always consider for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I actually think that that like extreme level of writing time is quite important. So really push yourself to, Maybe if half an hour, if you can't quite get there, I think I think 20 minutes will do it, 15 minutes. Just an extended period of writing time, journaling about what you want. The next step is to refine that, to refine what speaks to you as the most pertinent to focus on. So basically, in all that writing you just did, find the thing that's speaking to you the most that you really want to focus on, and then rephrase it as a declarative statement. And so once you have that mantra statement, that's not your mantra you can then um, reinforce it. They recommend spending 10 minutes sitting or walking and repeating your mantra to yourself. Hmm. I've also seen a lot of um, advice around, like if you are trying to kind of start a new habit and really get a mantra going to help support new habits for a new season, you can also make kind of like a, a phone wallpaper for it or something, something that you're going to open up and see and be it's going to be in your face on a daily basis. So those are some recommendations for like, if you are kind of, maybe your New Year's resolution didn't take off or you never started it, even though you intended to take this as an opportunity to start a new resolution uh, and make your own mantra with this recipe. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I think at first I will admit, like I said, you know, the half an hour did throw me off a bit. Cause I'm like, wow, how long <laughs> can you drive out your wands? But I, I totally see what you're saying is that kind of we go with those surface surface level wants or we're kind of afraid to say what we really want and we need that time of just we're we're not even thinking and we're just kind of free form writing that's just intuitively coming out. So I think that's a great exercise. I'm definitely gonna try it myself. Um and the 10 minutes daily quiet time sitting and repeating that mantra it sounds like a manifestation kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go, Oprah. You know, I think Oprah (laughs) Oprah has some great tips. What's the final thing you tried for uh, your spring Equinox refresh? So one of the suggestions I saw talked about looking for different signs of springs, almost like as a little mini egg hunt, and then writing those observations down. And while you're thinking about those signs, really dive into what you want to develop going forward and growing this year and what changes you'd like to see. So I try to like it, like it has success, pay pay attention. And honestly, it was nice to ground myself because I guess I'm not paying attention a lot, but I was like, Oh, my neighbor's tree that was barren now has pink flowers on it. I was like, okay, no mm. noted. 
<laughs> Sounds like it really sunk in. <laughs> Noted. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. But no, I really did notice a lot more bird activity. So much bird activity. And I think that was helpful because <laughs> I'm not kidding. there's something going on with these birds. <laughs> no, really. I, I, there's too much activity. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but, um, I think it was helpful and grounding in the sense that we said it a thousand times in this podcast. are probably so sick of it. There are no seasons here in LA. <laughs> so it's, it's nice to kind of remember like, oh, yeah, so we don't have the traditional sense of spring, but spring still does happen. Those birds yeah. are chirping and some flowers are ha- popping up on trees. Uh, it's, it's Yeah, it's nice to reflect that. It's very grounding. You know how therapists are always saying like, observe your reactions in your body. And they always say, <laughs> And they say it just like that. <laughs> it's always like you know what was your body doing during that moment or like really observe yourself and all that stuff <laughs> so, I, so i think i see the link if you're paying a, <laughs> if you're paying attention to what's going on it's grounding yeah so <laughs> yeah, i agree it's funny that you yeah this is the thing you try because it's actually almost identical to what, oh. the, the final thing i did which is um okay so it started as taking what is called a, an herb walk, which I'm, I'm like so not aware of like real, these real things people do that I had a total misconception about what an herb walk was. Cause like I first read about it and I'm like, Oh cool. Like I can go around the neighborhood, like finding herbs. And then I looked into it more and realized uh, that it's a little bit more focused than that. Like I think the idea behind it is more like the, foraging exercise of it so that oh. you go to like local wilderness to find like i guess well, we almost can do a that survival. well it's like almost a survivalist element of like if you were in nature like could you find edible oh plants? yeah that's way at our, our death so yeah um I, so i went back to my idea which was like i'm just gonna go <laughs> walk around the neighborhood and, and find all the herbs i can find so i i did that and it's kind of similar to what you were saying like i sort of i just was really intentionally observing my surroundings to find these herbs. And I need help because I can't identify anything. Like I can't tell a dandelion <laughs> from a sunflower. I, that's not true, but like you get the, you get the picture. Oh my God, I'm so, dying. so for support, I downloaded this app called picture this. And it's basically like, <laughs> um, a Pokedex for plants. Like you, you take a photo of a plant and it tells it's you exactly cute. what it is. It's really effective. I, I mean like, Whoa, I, I would own this if not for the fact that I'm processing it, I'm trying to figure out if I want to keep it. It's a seven day free trial, but it's otherwise $30 a year. Now it does work extremely well. So if you are like a budding botanist, you love plant identification, this could be the app for you and it might well be well worth the $30 a year, but I'm still exploring that for myself. We'll see. But it was amazing. Like it did a great job and helped me realize that like, all on my block alone, I found lavender, rosemary, sage, oh, and thyme. Wow. That's a like, helpful amount. Literally next door, there's like giant rosemary bushes. And I feel like an idiot every time that I ever went to the supermarket and bought like <laughs> these herbs when I could have. It reminds in LA, it's really true. There are so many just yep. edible plants like growing in people's yards. Um, it's very common to find lemon trees all over the place. I always feel a little weird plucking lemons from people's trees. I don't typically do that. 
unless they're crossing over into the sidewalk. Then I feel like it's fair game. If it's like, if the tree is over the sidewalk, then it's like, that could have fallen on the sidewalk. I may as well grab that lemon. Yeah. So I I don't know. It's just, it was a really nice exercise in kind of what you're talking about. Being more intentional, being present, noticing things and learning. Like I learned a lot about, I was also like taking photos of all the plants that I wondered, like, I really liked the look at that plant. I never knew. I never even bothered to like look up what it was and discovered what they well, are. Well, you should share, share your photos in the Facebook group. They're not great photos. That really is like the most like up close, like what plant is this photo? It's not, uh, they're not pretty cool. really, but, um, well, that sounds lovely. I mean, that's yeah. a great app recommendation and it just goes to show that we're walking around our world, not recognizing anything or doing this blurs together. Oh, that's some green stuff there and keep on walking. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, little did we know we could eat that. <laughs> I also like, while we're on the topic of just like noticing things bloom and really recognizing the signs of spring. It is cherry blossom season or it's about to be. You can watch if you don't have cherry blossoms where you are, you can virtually check in on them. There's a webcam uh, that's looking at the mall in Washington, D.C. And there's also um, quite a few that are in Japan. And I'll link those in our show notes. So if you are a cherry blossom fanatic, you can find those either in your in your surroundings, if, if you happen to have those around you, or uh, via webcam. Well, hot tips. Picture this app. And cherry blossom webcams. Yeah. So that does it for our spring rituals. Whether you want to simply notice the the flowers in bloom or set a mantra and do a sun salutation, I feel like that covers a wide mm-hmm. <laughs> um, breadth of different ways to approach spring. I'll even say, like, I'm, I'm not really that witchy of a person. One idea that we were looking at initially, too, was this idea of um, a simple ritual. And it really, and it involved taking a bath, which, first of all, no, I'm not a bath person, not taking a bath. <laughs> I don't, this is not something I enjoy. But it's funny because it, in this, like, simple ritual thing that Jillian and I were looking at, it has this amazing line of uh, take some kites out to a hilltop and run like a spring hare. <laughs> Shriek with laughter and enjoy the wind. Spring is here and nothing can stop you from the new beginnings you have been craving. That really, it really cracked me up because I was just imagining you running around like a madman. (laughs) But now I have other imagery of you waltzing around LA, taking photos of plants and And cleaning cleaning graves. So So. (laughs) either way, I'm foolish, but um, I think it's really adorable and sweet. Running like a spring hare is a great suggestion. Moving forward, though, like what are some other plans you have, Jillian, for, you know, taking care of yourself that you may not have done yet, but intend to? Oh, well, I have cleaned out my fridge and freezer. That was definitely a big. Okay, don't brag about it. (laughs) I have. So that was one thing on my list. There's just, I don't know what it is. I, something about having a clean fridge just really is like the chef's kiss, as the kids would say. I love a clean fridge clean out my freezer. I don't know. Sometimes hair gets in the freezer. It sounds really disgusting, but I don't know. I was cleaning up the fridge. I'm like, what the hell is, you know, hair doing? <laughs> like all these like weird stuff. I had this, this, this frost. Also, it keeps it fresh. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, my partner is very thick here. I have, I'm basically going bald. So I'm not, it's not my hair. <laughs> I'm just imagining every time you're closing the freezer on each, like you don't realize you're like catching like a big clump of hair. <laughs> well, I don't know. Everywhere I find her hair. I, I do not, I kid you not. My life is it's, it's, it's everywhere and it's screaming infidelities. <laughs> and also my cat's hair. So it's just like I am drowning in hair. But that's neither here nor there. So 
And my, I, it's a good thing I had this little task on my list because my freezer had that like that frost. You ever, you ever experienced that where it gets frost in a freezer? (laughs) It's it's too frosty. You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard that problem described before for a freezer. I think, I think I get what you're saying. Oh, it's like that bad, it's that bad frost. Looks like it snowed in there, you know? That's oh, okay. Yeah, it's like a buildup. I yes, get it. I get it. Okay. It's yes. not what you want. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's taking up space. It's, it's a, it's yeah. Yeah. And so, okay. I, I got you. I got you. So I was like, okay, well this is perfect timing because I had to clean up my fridge and resolve this issue. So I, 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 I YouTubed <laughs> it and there was some like, God, Mr. Oh yes. Mr. Tightwad was the name of the, what? <laughs> Was that the name of this person who helped you online yes. to clean up your, 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 your frosty freezer? I think the tight water relates to the fact that he wants to help people not spend money. So it's like... You're, I, I, that's a good guess. Yeah. yeah like you're here tight water. You don't want to spend money. So I watched his video and he said a lot of times the reason was okay, this whole tangent. But this happens to you. It makes this helpful. The freezer, if it doesn't close, if it's not closing all the way the oxygen gets in and then the oxygen is what creates that extra snowy mm. texture. And that could, act, uh, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It could harm your, your food. It could make it taste different. That makes sense. Cause sometimes yeah, your food does get that kind of freezer flavor. Yeah. So, and I'm very anxious about ice cubes. Sometimes I think like, okay, what, well, you know, they're sitting in there, they're catching some germs. I don't know what they're doing in there. <laughs> like it's one of those things. And so if I'm using them, I get anxious that I getting some germs or I get sick. <laughs> You're really, you're really thinking about your ice cubes all day. <laughs> what are they doing in there? Sometimes I'll be having a little, like, drink of an ice cube and I'll just pour it out. Cause I'm like, you know what? I can't do this. It's just too much. Wow. You have, you have, you have ice cube trust issues. I do. So, <laughs> but anyways, so I cleaned out the freezer and then I cleaned out the fridge, which is, which is always a good thing to do. And that just feels like a fresh, yeah. clean start. Everything's good. So, um, yeah, got that, got that done. So that's a long, a long, long yarn, but it felt, it felt really <laughs> oh, that was good. Worth it. I mean, that was, I, I, thank you for taking us on that journey. Yeah. All of my stuff is aspirational, but I do on a cleaning note need to clean my blinds. Um, mm. it's been too long and I, I dust my blinds, but they are ready for a proper soak in the tub, dry off clean. I have those like kind of blinds that are very like wide. Um, so they catch a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's going to be. Uh, time well spent. Oh, it feels so good. I would recommend you get some microfiber cloth if you don't have them already. That's a great way to pick mm. up dust. And um, I, I use them for all my blinds. It's horrifying <laughs> once you see the residue on the cloth. It's just such a place where things can build up, especially if you have on those wall heaters, the little um, slats in the wall heaters. That's a big place for dust. Something so satisfying. It's a very good me. I don't know. Of just getting that dust just eliminating Absolutely. it so that's a 100%. good way I, I like that so yeah. keep me updated on your your blind dust removal <laughs> yeah no no dust bunny will survive spring cleaning another thing i tried was making an egg-centric dish because i wanted to celebrate one of the biggest symbols of spring which are eggs so i made this recipe from two peas and their pod a, sp- <laughs> <laughs> a spinach artichoke egg casserole and i like kind of like you with your picture this app, I had a lot of learning going on because I was looking for spring omelets 
and I found this one recipe that looked really colorful, looked really beautiful, had a ton of vegetables. I'm like, okay, great, I'll do this. I was reading the comments. This one woman, I mean, they're all positive. There's this one woman who wrote in and she said, well, to my surprise, when I opened this recipe in your newsletter, I saw that uh, this recipe included no actual spring vegetables. And I live on a farm, so this is very disappointing because I can't go to the grocery store and I want to actually make something that was spring-related. And I was like, oh, it's a little drama in this thread. And then I started to think, do I know what spring vegetables are? Because I don't. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> Anything that was colorful, I thought, okay, it's a spring vegetable. So just you know, to um, recap, some of the spring vegetables are things like artichokes, um, spinach, not avocados. They're kind of, they're on the list, but they're almost an all-time seasonal thing. Uh, peas, pineapples, potatoes, watercress, all these things that I didn't know were spring vegetables. So I, I did a full different Google search. I tried to find an actual spring recipe. So that's when I came across the spinach and egg recipe, our, sorry, spinach, egg, and artichoke recipe. And it was very, very simple. You just, you know, saute your spinach, your artichokes, your onions, your garlic, get that all going, spread it out evenly in a pan, a dish, a deep dish, then put together eight eggs, put in some almond milk. You can use real, real milk if you want, uh, three tablespoons, whisk it all together. Before you pour the egg mixture, put a layer of mozzarella cheese. Once the layer is on top of the vegetables, you add your whisked mixture on top, and then you put another uh, half cup of mozzarella cheese. They recommend Parmesan cheese as well, but I didn't have that, so I just made do with my mozzarella. It was really mm-hmm. good. It was it was a big casserole dish, and I think that could last you for, for days. I don't know how well egg holds up, though. But if you ha- want to have people over for brunch, you know, I think that'd be a great thing, an Easter you know, event in non-COVID times. It's a great thing to make. It sounds delicious. I, I mean, as you know from my fierce protection of eggs, I um, think it's very important to use them in recipes. Yeah, and, you know, they have a video. I like to see the visuals of it. So it's just super easy. It took me probably 15 minutes and just you bake it. It's a casserole, so it's super easy. Yeah, I have to try that. I love artichoke and I love egg. There you go. For me, I guess slightly food related is we briefly flirted with the idea of having an herb garden. As you can tell, like I like the idea of herbs quite a bit. So (laughs) (laughs) even though there's everything outside that we need, I know that now, I do want to kind of retry growing them. The only thing that's managed, like right now we have a zombie herb garden with like rosemary that keeps crawling back from the dead. That's like (laughs) the only thing that's working. So I, I really do want to refresh our kind of little patio area and give some herbs another go for spring. And on, on that note, like, I guess a final thing I, I intend to do for my own self-care, and this is something my husband actually has, has kick-started for us, is decorate for Easter. He has purchased uh, some streamers that have carrots and, and oh, rabbits on them. Oh, that's so cute. He also got this amazing, like, candy dish that is a cabbage with a rabbit coming out of it. It's really funny. And he's been just sort of incredibly finding like all of these little like things to add in the apartment for spring. So that's not really a thing I'm doing actively, but I'm appreciating for self-care is decorating for Easter. Yeah. I, you know, when I was younger, I was 
it's the thing I look forward to my mom would decorate the house with all those things that you described, sim- similar items. And then I went through this phase where I'm like, oh, that's so tacky. I don't, I don't want to do that. And now I'm really like, okay, give me all that stuff. I want it hardcore. Let's, you know, get all the decorations. Let's go to Home Goods. It's definitely like not the kind of holiday that you need to decorate for like Christmas or the way that I would do Halloween, for example. But I still like that we have a few items for spring that we can freshen the place up with. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a missed opportunity to decorate. When, Like I said, when I was younger, we'd definitely decorate all over for spring. It's just something that's fun to do. And I'm, I'm glad your husband is leading the charge. Me too. I'm very grateful. Yeah. So my last thing that I did was I made a tangerine candle. Because I thought tangerines, you know, for me personally, they really represent spring. So they just have that fresh scent and it, it something about that scent i would say cleans a room but freshens a room immediately and it's a very lovely springish scent to me so my friend jenny had texted me and said hey you should try out this um <laughs> this tan- making tangerine candles this tiktok and then the video she sent One of the hashtags was witch talk. I'm like, okay, well, there's witch talk in it. Then I'm definitely going to look at it. (laughs) So it's a very, yeah, say no more. It's a very, very simple craft that you can do to celebrate spring or even summer. So you have a little tangerine. You do a very light cut in a circumference around the the tangerine so you can eventually have it. And you want to be very delicate when you're separating these two halves because you don't want to ruin the stock that's inside of the tangerine, because that's going to be your wick. So once you have them and take out the tangerine, you'll have a little bit of olive oil, and you put some olive oil on the stock. So that will act as the, I would say, fire agent, <laughs> and get and get things going. And so then you have you light it with the olive oil, you put some on, put a little bit in the, actual, the half of it, and it's a cute little quick candle to make, and it has a lovely scent. So did you build one yourself? Uh, yes. It took a lot to get the wick going, but finally mm-hmm. it, it, it did. So it was one of those things where I was very nervous because crafts are sometimes difficult for me because, you know, with me and my cutting. So I was very nervous <laughs> to These to, look to really cut. cool. So did they, did they smell like, like tangerine or was there a scent at all? You have to be close to it. Okay. I will say that. But... It looks pretty. I think that's the main thing. I saw one video where they, the top half, they cut out a star on the top. So that'd be like a little candle hole. Like mm-hmm. you, yeah, it makes a projection with the light, a star. So that, that's like really cute. And, but I'm not that talented with knives, as you know, so I couldn't really do that. <laughs> <laughs> so how long do they burn? I, I, or like, is there a fire hazard here in terms of like, Will the, will the tangerine burn up or is it does it last for hours? I didn't get that far because I was too nervous. I just let it be like, okay, does this work? And then I let it sit for a few minutes and it didn't burn to the ground. Uh, I guess I'll have to <laughs> see, I'll, I guess I'll just see it through because I haven't I haven't lit it again. So yeah, they I'll look like see. they look like little jack o' lanterns basically. Yeah, they're they're super cute and easy. It's built as a kids craft a lot of times when I was researching it, but. It's popular on TikTok, Witch Talk. So check it out if you're interested in DIY a candle. That's funny. Yeah, that looks really cool, though. Yeah. While you consider which of these you might try out, 
let's check in with some soothing sounds. Jillian, what sound or song is soothing you this week? I chose Track Mud by Wild Pink. It was released on February 18th, and it's from the album A Billion Little Lights. So the concept of the album is being awed by the vastness of the universe and just kind of seeing your own smallness. What I like about this album, it relies heavily on imagery, so it's that kind, those kinds of songs where you can lose yourself in the imagining and Songs that I find cozy is when I'm being whisked away on some sort of journey and I can really f- have a sense of place. And this track does that really well, in my opinion. All right, let's listen to Track Mud by Wild Pink. Track Mud, so you'll everything touch. Just come home now, the rain will wash away the stain. It's very sweet. Yeah. I, I, like I, yeah. It's like a gent, a very gentle tune and the whole like coming home and wash away the, the mud essentially is, is a very comforting uh, sentiment. Yeah. It's super relaxing. Something, a song to fall asleep to. <laughs> yeah. I both say, I don't say love the title track mud because it's so evocative. Mm-hmm. And also it sets my teeth on edge because tracking mud, like, <laughs> don't track yeah. mud in my house. <laughs> My soothing sound is by Flock of Dimes, which is Jen Wozner of Y Oak's solo project. And the song is called Two, and it was released on February 3rd and will be featured on her upcoming new album, Head of Roses, coming out in April. Let's listen to Two by Flock of Dimes. the music video yeah it's really quirky um very striking visually and i i don't know this it sounds it's a really upbeat song it's very easy to listen to and i enjoy it <laughs> yeah i mean their voices are absolutely beautiful i think that's one of the biggest takeaways from the song that i i love like the just so the the gorgeous true talent of their voices is very comforting and soothing yeah, I could see myself driving out to the desert. Oh on yeah, a sunny it's, it's, day. it's a great desert drive song. Check it yeah. out. If you're ever driving in the desert, put on two <laughs> by Flock of Dimes. Well, turn down the music for now because you're about to enter the cozy library. <laughs> so this week we have the author Soraya Wilson, and she is releasing the seat filler on April 27th of this year. So perfect timing. And the seat filler was inspired by Soraya's real-life celebrity encounter with actor Adam Driver. And it explores the misadventures of a dog groomer named Juliet Nolan when she joins her roommate as part of a crew of volunteers that fill empty seats at award shows, she ends up next to the celebrity crush for dreams, popular leading man Noah Douglas. To hide her starstruck stammering, she pretends she has no idea who he is. But that's not the only secret she has to hide when he offers her a job caring for his dog. 
So we've got a mixture of cozy. Uh, dog pet, pet sitting is a cozy job in books or just in general. <laughs> it's a really cozy job. And I have a like, little dash of romance. Yeah. And then a little bit of mystery because I'm super curious to know how Adam Driver factors into all this. Exactly. I'm, my, my imagination is already running like a hair <laughs> across yeah, so you have the field. Shrieking. <laughs> shrieking. Wondering. <laughs> Oh, did she walk Adam Driver's dog? Did did they have a fling? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> we don't know. We got to read to find out. So Soraya is also the author of another book called Roommate. And Roommate obviously has a play on roommate, I assume. And she's a passionate believer in happily ever afters. She and her own soulmate live in Utah with her four children and the two family cats. So another cat lover in the house. And her belief in true love has inspired several best-selling romance series, including End of the Line, Love Struck, Ugly Stepsisters, and Royals of Montera, and many other novels. So if you are as curious as us to know how Adam Driver factors into all this, or just feet, uh, seat filling in general, because that's a job I want to have. <laughs> <laughs> I can fill seats. Yeah, I can fill seats. Uh, check out the seat filler, which comes out on April 27th of this year. I definitely will be. I, I, I'm looking forward to checking out the seat filler. Yeah, very interesting. And if you need some light to read by and maybe some gentle scents, you might try this candle. Jillian, take us into our candle review. So I want to pay some respects to our old stomping grounds of Baltimore. So I chose a candle from this wonderful company, 228 Grand Street Candle Co. And the name of this candle is wild blackberry plus absinthe hmm. is that correct yeah so yeah, it's like yeah. i um i had to ask because i'm like that's interesting i wouldn't think that'd be play a role in a candle but i was curious and it shows it because blackberry seems like a, a spring fruit something really fresh in the wild blackberry and so like okay this would be great for our spring episodes that's why i bought it this candle has lovely spring notes luscious and complex fragrance it has top notes of saffron and apple the middle notes are blackberry vanilla orchid and currant it also has bottom notes of anise and amber this fragrance is absolutely mesmerizing and as for the company the name 228 grand street candle co pays tribute to the home of the owner's late maternal grandparents who hail from danville virginia and he says their home was characterized by simple acts of hospitality and the sharing of things made and grown by them. So it's really a lovely backstory. Got to send some love to Baltimore. Beautiful dis display. I have to say the jars, this beautiful amber color. I, I really love this candle. I can't describe in depth what the candle smells like because it doesn't have necessarily have a distinct scent but i get excited to light it again so that's a good thing so i give it one a full wick it's it sounds mysterious i want to try it just because i i want to know like how it pulls off those scents yeah that's why it's hard for me to even to describe it so i was thinking all week like how am i going to describe it's, yeah, this it's candle? a lot of very complex scents and especially just mm -hmm. going by the description so i how those blend together i'm I'm tempted to buy this just to figure out how that, that works. Yeah, I, I recommend it, though. I but think it's you good, really enjoy right? It. Yeah, yeah, oh, and, yeah. No, it's, it's great. And also, it, 
has a great lasting power. So I've been burning it all week and I'm burning it right now and I'm not even to the half. Oh, that's, that, that's important. I, yes. I hate when you burn a candle and it just like goes out in two seconds. Those, um, Bath and Body Works candles, they last, I swear, two seconds. I can't believe how fast they burn. It's too much. No, you get a good bang for your buck with this. That sounds good. We'll check that out. It's uh, yeah. the Wild Blackberry and Absinthe from 228 Grand Street Candle Company. Yep. That does it for this week. Before we go, we want to shout out Anna B., who gave us a wonderful five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Anna wrote, I'll take all the cozy I can get. Thanks for helping me get through lockdown. What a lovely way to spend time inside or on a walk in the woods. We all need the comfort of coziness, especially now. Love the host. Oh, thank you. Truly a warm, she didn't write that part. (laughs) Truly a warm, (laughs) crackling fireplace of a podcast. Thank you so much, Anna, for your lovely words. Thank you. Um, And for taking the time to leave a review. It does help people find the show. But more importantly, it makes us feel good. So if you want to do that, go ahead and visit Apple Podcasts and leave us a review there. You can also visit us on social media. We are on Instagram and Facebook at All Things Cozy Podcast. Highly recommend joining our cozy community on Facebook. We have a Facebook group called All Things Cozy Podcast Facebook group. I think the Facebook group is not part of the title, but (laughs) it's definitely a Facebook group. Anyway, hope to see you there. We'll be back in your ears soon with more coziness. Until then, stay stay cozy. cozy.